Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 21. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hi, Fire Nation, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire your daily dose of inspiration. A couple quick notes. I have an awesome gift for everyone who subscribes to our email community. 20 incredible WordPress video tutorials. These tutorials will turn you into a WordPress whiz in no time flat. Don't forget, we also award $50 to one subscriber every single week. So what are you waiting for? Head over to eofire.com, subscribe to Fire Nation, and the WordPress gift and potentially $50 cash is yours. Also, I want to thank everyone who has left a five-star rating and review. It allows Entrepreneur on Fire to continue to deliver this free content to you on a daily basis. So please, if you have not yet done so, go to eofire.com, click on the subscribe and iTunes button, and leave a rating and review so I can give you a personalized shout out at the top of an upcoming show. And here are the shout outs now. Lab Tech 7, Kaizen 2323, Stephen Cross, R. Graves Jr., and Joanne Lee Photography. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Fire Nation salutes you. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Yaro Starek. Yaro, are you prepared to ignite? I am. Let's do it, John. All right. Well, Yaro's coming to us from Australia. He's been in the online industry for quite some time now. Entrepreneursjourney.com is his main website. It's a great place to go for actionable info. Yaro, why don't you take it from here and tell us a little more about who you are and what you do. Long story short, uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, so I've managed to avoid that full-time job, uh, which pretty much was my goal. Uh, when I started um, university, I didn't want to get a job at the end of it. I just didn't know what else to do. So it was all about avoiding full-time employment. And for me, it's, it was just good timing. The internet was starting to blossom around the same time as I was getting into it. And I've had a few different businesses, which we can certainly talk about, which led me to blogging, which I've been doing for the last seven years. And I became a teacher in that, in that space too. So teaching people how to make money from blogs, uh, information marketing, membership sites, and just good old-fashioned uh, entrepreneurship and personal development along the way as well. So where is the best place for people to go to get a full gist of Yarrow Starek? I mean, my main site is Entrepreneur's Journey, my blog, which is the one I've been writing for uh, almost eight years now, so it's getting on. And it always has been what it is, a chronicle of my entrepreneur's journey. So when it began, it was telling my past. I, I kind of went over the things I'd learned from having a card game website, a proofreading business, uh, an English school, and anything and everything I was learning about in terms of internet marketing at the time. And just taking what was in my head and putting into into blog content. And it proved popular. Um, I figured out I liked writing, which is obviously good if you're a blogger, if you do enjoy the process. And it became my main business. Uh, I eventually sold off all the websites I owned and all the businesses I had, except for the blog. And 
became a, a teacher by launching those courses that um, you mentioned earlier on. And I've, I've had three courses, um, one done in partnership with Gideon Shalwick and the other two my own. Uh, but presently, I'm basically running my blog and I'm doing a startup company called Cranky Ads, which is an advertising management tool for bloggers. So I've got two partners in that project and that's uh, along with my blog are my, my main focuses at the moment. Great. Well, I look forward to hearing more about Cranky Ads. So let's transition to the first topic now, which is our success quote. Here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we start every show off with our guest's favorite success quote. It's kind of our way of getting the motivational ball rolling. So Yara, what do you have for us today? You know, this was something that originally I was like, oh, I'm not sure nothing jumps out of me. Then I looked at my wall and totally forgot that I have something on my wall that I look at every day. <laughs> it's just sort of, <laughs> it's always there. Uh, this is actually a quote um, from, of all places, Buddha. Uh, and it's something I bought when I first got my own house, uh, which I had purchased thanks to having my own business. And it's a quote that really sums up I guess my philosophy when it comes to what I'm doing in particular for work. So it goes like this. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. By Buddha. Wow. So that's that's fairly self-explanatory, I think. But obviously, you know, it's not always something that people practice very well. I think a lot of people do jobs that they don't like and they don't know how to do the thing that, that makes them happy and, and have that be part of how they derive an income. And I've always asked myself that question. Uh, am I happy with what I'm doing? And it's dictated a lot of my decisions. I've, I've had op opportunities presented to me to make a lot more money or make more money in certain paths that I've actually turned down knowing that uh, my happiness would not be by following those paths. I wanted to develop other parts of my life. So uh, it, although it's a simple quote, it, it's really something that drives everything I do. Now let me put you on the spot here for a second. Do you have a specific example recently that you had a situation where you could have gone forward in that area, but you looked at that quote or you just thought about that way of thinking and decided to take another path? I've got a, a maybe not so recent example. Uh, it's definitely the most prominent example I've got. And it's almost like turning down a million dollar opportunity, to be honest. So it's a pretty powerful one. Uh, a few years ago, I returned from traveling around the world. And it was uh, a great trip. I was gone for eight months. Um, I launched a couple of products while I was out there. I, I ended up making more money while I was traveling than I spent. So, you know, not many people can say that. Right. I considered it fantastic. Um, my business was at, I guess, a peak in a lot of ways. Uh, I I'd, I'd created a lot of content. I had established a platform. I had established product. I'd made some good money over the previous two years. So it was, it was a good place to be in financially. And uh, most, I guess, entrepreneurs would look to take the next step. And, and for me, one of the opportunities presented when I returned to Australia was to join forces with some uh, basically platform uh, salespeople or, or people who run live events and they have a fantastic system which they, they call it the ultimate business model but it's essentially where you, you run a workshop for a couple of days live and then throughout the process you're sort of soft selling uh, a $10,000 to $25,000 course sort of hand-holding program and you know you, you can convert 30% of the people in the audience into this program and you can do the math if, if they're paying you know fifteen to twenty thousand dollars each, and you can convert 
a room of a hundred people and you get thirty of them to join, you, you know, you're quickly making, you know, upwards of multiple six figures. Even they've done a couple of million dollars in in one weekend. So you do an event a weekend and and big money comes your way. And they were keen to do this with me for a couple of things, uh, blogging, and I was also buying and selling websites uh, prior to that. So they wanted to maybe you know focus on that model. And I was keen. I actually was talking to them. We were in negotiation, and yeah, we just started talking about what I had to do. I'd have to start obviously getting on stage a bit more than I was at the time. You know, prepare some sort of training program to justify the you know the cost, and and work with them. And uh, none of that was. Uh, horrible like I, I wasn't I was looking forward to a lot of it uh, but for me I, I came back from that trip and I, I was breaking up with a relationship that I had while I was on that trip and to be honest I just felt like wow I, I'm not interested in building uh, more I guess commitments in my business world I was happy with my courses and my blog and doing my writing I didn't want to work on that part of my life I wanted to work on what I felt was lacking the part I felt unhappy about which is more the social scene. I didn't have a group of friends around me who were uh, related or you know relevant in terms of the same interests. Uh, I sort of lost my high school friends over the years because they had gone on to jobs and we didn't have as much in common. They'd moved to other cities. I had a couple of friends who were doing their own thing with businesses, but as entrepreneurs, we get busy and it's often hard to get uh, in touch with them. So. I also wanted to be going out more and have things happening on weekends that I could look forward to. Um, I didn't want to just be about business. So I felt a little bit imbalanced. And although I initially said yes to this uh, agreement to start doing this project, I came back to them about three months later and said, you know what, this is not what I want to do. I, I want to focus on this other part of my life. And that's what I did. So I was kind of turning down probably a million dollars that year in terms of what I could have done selling from the stage. Um, but I'm glad I did. And I, it was an area I wanted to work on. So yeah, it had a, had a big impact on me. Well, thank you for sharing that, Yaro. That was a very powerful story and really appreciated by the audience. So let's move into the next topic, which I'm really excited to talk about with you specifically because of how you've built your business and specifically entrepreneur's journey. I feel as though you're really going to connect with this topic because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we really delve into the journey of our spotlighted entrepreneur. And in every journey of an entrepreneur, there lies failure. We've all been in the midst of it. We've learned from it. We've grown from it. And we've come out on the brighter side. Tell us about a failure that you've had in your journey and the events that led up to that failure. I have one that really sticks out for me. I actually used to have trouble finding something specific for this. And while I was actually reading your questions, John, uh, prior to this interview, I was thinking, why have I never talked about this before? It's most obvious, I guess, traditional sense of failure I've got in my career. And it's it's obvious. So, <laughs> so this is the first time you're speaking of this. Uh, <laughs> to answer this question this way, yes, I, I would have mentioned this before, but not to talk about failures. Just you know, going over my history, and, and I right. I realized this is you know pretty obvious failure. So, um, but it taught me some important things. So basically, uh, going back again a few years uh, prior to um, what I'm doing now, before I was a blogger, but really I was still I was an internet marketer. I was running my online proofreading business. Uh, I was doing well. I had a full time income from that. And I was on a program here in Australia that's sort of a government support program for entrepreneurs where you, you get a year's worth of uh, like payments to help you build up your business. And I was on this program. And part of the program was uh, mentoring as well. You get a mentor who sort of guides you. And he 
kind of made me feel, I, I realized this ended up not being a rule, but he made me feel like it was a rule that you had to show an increase in your earnings every quarter from your business. And my business at the time, the proofreading one, was an online business that was very cyclical. Uh, it was all about university uh, studies. So if people weren't writing papers for university, I wasn't getting proofreading jobs. So come summer here in Australia, where most of my client base was, there was a huge drop in my business. So I freaked out and thought I might lose this government grant if I don't show income. So I was being a typical entrepreneur. I looked for other ways to make money and I started an English school. A uh, little, little left field for me. It was in the real world. It wasn't online. I was basically tutoring people and it actually kind of did a well, not too bad. I started to suppl supplement the online income with a bit of offline income. And as, again, a typical entrepreneur, I thought, this is working. I need to ramp this up. So I went and started looking for people I could hire to teach classes for me, get more students, and get some office space so we could have a proper place rather than just sitting at a table you know, in a cafeteria, which I did. So it took me a few months and got all that organized and uh, signed a lease for three years at $1,400 a month, uh, office space with like four classrooms, a reception area. Uh, it was near the city. It was uh, just up a hill from the main center of Brisbane where I live. And I started running this English school and it did terrible. <laughs> it, I didn't get a lot of people in there. Uh, I ended up sitting there using the internet to run my online business, essentially sitting in this place with very few actual classes going on. I think I you know, maybe had one teacher doing a few lessons a couple hours a day and that was it. So it wasn't paying for itself. My, my online business was paying for the rent. And what made it even worse was I had actually manufactured the thing I was trying to avoid the most, which was a, a place I had to go every day in regular hours. So I had to attend this English school, open the doors in case students would walk in and, and want to potentially buy some classes. And uh, you know, I did a lot to try and get that business going. I did some marketing. I put up posters. I looked at advertising, built a website. Uh, never really got anywhere. My proofreading business was doing quite well. I should have focused my energy on that. So after about nine months of uh, not really getting anywhere with that business, I shut it down broke my lease early, which was really hard to do. I lost a few months worth of rent in advance and learned a couple of really important lessons. Number one was that I like online business a whole lot more. And number two, the idea of being somewhere, it really goes against that freedom. And uh, the thing that makes me happy is the ability to do my business where I want to do it, when I want to do it. So if it gets close to regular hours or me actually needing to be somewhere to make it happen, then I'm not happy. So uh, that, that, that was a perfect example of highlighting it to me. Um, that business cost me probably, well, $10,000 in, in rent, more than that. So it was a financial hit. Thankfully, the proofreading business covered it. But uh, it was a big lesson. And certainly in traditional sense, that business failed. Well, as an entrepreneur, we're always striving to learn every single day from different entrepreneurs, from different business people, from different experiences. Sometimes we just have to experience things ourselves. Would that be one of these situations that you found yourself in? Yeah, it, it, it really highlighted for me the need to focus on the areas that I was enjoying. So it, it made me be an on online entrepreneur. And I'm pretty sure, certainly for the, well, I, I can't imagine ever changing. I'm, I'm not going to want to try and do offline. If I do, it'll be for fun, like, you know, having a restaurant with friends or something like that. It won't be about getting mega rich from that business. Uh, so, yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself, really. Um, 
I didn't necessarily have the answer yet. Like I, it was still early days in, in terms of where I was going with my business and my business model wasn't great either. I had some uh, weaknesses in it, which I learned about over the next few years. But it really did teach me that the internet's where I want to be and um, that's, that's my future. So yeah, a good, good important lesson. Okay, so you, you had this failure. You learned a lot of important things about yourself. And then you move forward from that failure. You shut down the, the business, shut the doors. You move forward. You continued on in your journey. At some point, you had a, an idea. You had an aha moment where this light bulb came on and you really just realized that this is exactly what I want to be doing and this is how I can do it. I'm sure there was a lot of small light bulbs that went on along the way, but can you reach back and think of one moment in particular that really this this light went on and you said, this is what I can do, this is going to be successful, this is what my audience wants? I do have a light bulb moment where I, I certainly expressed it to a person for the first time. I probably congealed over a period of time in terms of, okay, this is how things work. Uh, and the memory is quite vivid for me. I was actually down visiting a person, a friend of mine from high school. He lives in Melbourne and I live in Brisbane. And I was just down there and I was sitting uh, at a cafe with him and he had, he's gone traditional career path. He had gone into finance after graduating university and I was sort of doing my business. Um, I wasn't, I was, this is probably after the English school. Uh, I was getting good results with the proofreading business, but it was still something not right. Like I wasn't making six figures a year. I didn't have to do a lot. So it was kind of boring sometimes. And I, my, my desire to grow the business while I could strategically understand how to make it better, I just didn't want to do the work. It wasn't it's sort of igniting my fire, as you know, you would say. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I needed to figure out you know, other ways to do things. And that's actually where I started becoming more of an information marketer, or at least a student of information marketing. And I really started following people who were doing very simple things. They were just basically building followings through email lists. Uh, blogging was just starting out. And I noticed people were making good money by recommending products through affiliate programs and just creating their own courses or ebooks and selling them to their followers mostly through email it was amazing some of the early days results where you'd have 20,000 people on your mailing list and you'd send one email and you'd have you know 10 15 20 35,000 dollars come back to you in in commissions or sales of your own products and i thought wow that's almost like criminal it seems too easy and i started following all these people and what they're doing and i and basically, I think uh, through a process of osmosis by watching what they did and t- taking a few courses, I just started to see what was the key to actually breaking what I felt was like a barrier. And certainly the six-figure mark for me was a barrier. I wanted to make the kind of money where I could say, you know what, I, I can I have real financial freedom here. Not necessarily multimillionaire rich. Uh, I wasn't thinking like that. It was for me the next step to go from a, an average salary for my business to that six figures mark. Uh, in fact, my kind of goal from a few years before that was to make $1,000 a day. That was the kind of money I was looking for. But I thought that's, how do you spend $1,000 a day? You know, unless you're buying a bunch of cars or something, it's quite difficult to spend $1,000 a day or you're traveling right. around the world. So more than enough. And um, that was what I was looking for, a business that could do that. And I'm having this conversation and I, re- I start telling this friend of mine that I, I feel like I've finally got the keys. I, I actually conceptually understand the process of how people do this online. It's simply a matter of leverage. Uh, and anyone in business knows that leverage is the answer for growing anything big. 
And it's all about finding a business model that allows you to leverage big numbers. So my proofreading business had the potential for me to leverage big numbers, but because my passion wasn't the actual business of proofreading, it was really like a labor for me to do that. And I wanted it to be something I enjoyed. So um, I knew for me that the next step forward was building up an audience in a, an area where I actually had interest in growing it. And that, that's where I started experimenting with blogging. And I then eventually started having my own email newsletter. And that led to you know, what I've done for the past few years and had the, the biggest success I've had so far. And it was proof of, of that conversation, really. I hadn't done it at the point where we had that conversation. But from that point forward, I started building my list. And I then eventually was able to send people to uh, my, through my newsletter and through my blog to an offer and make all this money um, as, you know, back in return which uh, was proof of the concept and it was something I enjoyed doing. Uh, so obviously there's uh, quite a few years here <laughs> to talk about, but uh, that was the aha moment where I actually said verbally to a friend, you know, it, it's, it's, I know how people do this. They, they leverage access to the amount of people you can make through the internet. You can, you can get in touch with a lot of people. If you give them value, then an individual can actually do really well as long as they've got some way of leveraging the technology. And, and in my case, I wanted to do it with email, newsletter, and, and blogging, which is what I did. Yeah, for some people, it's that first dollar that they've made is when they actually see that what they're doing is a viable business. And for you, it was when you saw the, the whole process and the reality of it happening, it, it just made you realize that you can press forward with that. And that's it's a very, very powerful knowledge to have. So I commend you for for utilizing that. We're going to now move on to the next topic, which is your current business. What's one thing that's really exciting you in your business today? Well, you, you caught me at an interesting time because I am transitioning from information marketing to software, and it's cha- it's challenging. Yeah, you know, it, it's I can tell you what excites me right now, which is very entrepreneurial, is working with my team. Uh, there's only two other guys at the moment, and. I've discovered it's really hard. <laughs> this software business, um, because of the nature of development, it's actually quite slow. And I'm not the developer. Wherein I was running an information business, I wrote and I could create. And that's what I still do. And I, 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 I'm not going to stop doing that because I, I do enjoy writing. And that's my job for this startup is to continue to write. But the product creation is software. So I don't create the product this time. But what really excites me is idea generation. So we have um, once a week a, me- a, a meeting day where we get together, we do work together, we talk about what we're doing for the next week, we think about the future and what we're going to do in the business, and it's incredibly dynamic. Like I had this vision two years ago, well, actually four years ago when I first had the very first idea for this business, and then two years ago when we started to make it turn into a reality of a software service, uh, an advertising tool which has completely changed as we've gone along because I've just learned about the, com- the competition. I've learned how hard software is to develop, uh, how, how slow it can be, um, the, the bugs, the, the challenges of making money from it because everyone wants things for free and there is a lot of stuff for free, figuring out the right business model. So the fundamentals are still similar and it's all business. So at the end of the day, we're just trying to meet a need and then find some sort of leverage and a business model to make money from it. So that's what we're doing now. And we're going through a lot of iterations. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. And that's my current, I guess, new project. Uh, but it's, it's also, it's on the flip side, it's, it can be depressing too. Because you just, you know, you, you wish this bug wasn't there. You wish you had this feature made, but it's two months in development away. 
So that uh, the, the the reality matching your brain, what you your vision is, is actually quite frustrating to deal with because you never can actually have exactly what you want. It's you'd need like a team of a hundred trained programmers in order to create this thing, and even then, you know, not necessarily you get what you want. So that's what I do now. But I still enjoy writing, and I think for me that will be the constant. Uh, in my future as well I'd like to have a book out there at some stage probably not in the, the topics I write about now um, I still want to write another course I've got another course in me that I'd like to get out and um, I probably will start doing that actually in the next uh, close of this year and it's you know still it's, it's, it's a different word a little bit to a few years ago uh, there's a lot more people doing information marketing there's a lot less people willing to cross-promote and talk to each other. Uh, back when I sort of was in the heyday for me three or four years ago, affiliate marketing, everyone was happy to promote your stuff. A lot of people were still new, so they were buying products. It's a bit more saturated now. It's hard to make sales unless you're always finding new people you can access. So uh, I think a lot of it now is based on really building a solid brand as a, an expert or um, even as a company, um, whatever it is you do, and build your own personal following. So the rules haven't changed. It's just gotten a little bit, I guess, more mature. So it's requiring a little extra effort, a little bit more quality, a bit more polish than what you could get away with a few years ago in terms of information marketing. Uh, certainly in my space, I'm sh in certain niches out there, it's it's still the Wild West and you can come in there with you know a basic email newsletter and a couple of products you sell through it and do really well. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from following in my footsteps because there's plenty of opportunities in other markets. Um, so, yeah, current business is writing that blog, still writing my newsletter, still teaching um, a few courses here and there and, and obviously doing interviews like this one. And uh, the rest of the time is a software company and that's, it's a nice mix at the moment and um, it's still all about freedom like you know it's work when I want to work I sit at cafes with my laptop do my writing um, you know I, I'm out and about sometimes I'm at home mixing in exercise cooking my own food uh, you know building your own sort of lifestyle that's that's what it's always been about well thank you for that glimpse what is your vision for the future of your business it's it's actually uh, to have a software company with a really solid, happy user base. That's certainly my vision for the software side of things. Uh, I want that book out there, and I'd love that to be a mainstream, you know, sort of a hit, something like on the scale of a four-hour work week, like Tim Ferriss or um, you know anyone in our kind of space who's written a book. That's uh, you know Seth Godin does a lot of books. Maybe the, the impact that Purple Cow had. Um, in other fields, certain I like the way internet people have managed to, uh, I guess, become successful authors as well. Uh, Chris Gillibu, I think, is another example. He's had a few books and he runs his own event. He's you know built a brand around himself. So something along those lines. I'm not really quite as I think driven as those guys are. I just like to get the words out of my head and out to people and see whether they like it. That's kind of like the way I work. So uh, as long as I can keep making good money and keep building the lifestyle I like that's more important to me than becoming super famous or super rich uh, so that that will always be you know guiding my vision no Chris Gilmbo is quite a an inspiration with his hundred dollar startup book and his conference world domination and then he manages to visit every country in the world so I don't blame you for not thinking you're quite as driven as him he's <laughs> I'm just more laid back traditional Australian style I guess <laughs> 
Okay, Yar, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I'm going to provide you a series of questions, and then you're just going to give us some mind-blowing and amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? No pressure here, John, huh? (laughs) Mind-blowing. Lay it all on the line for us. (laughs) So the first question, what was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Oh, fear. Fear is the overall concept. I think it's the thing that holds everyone back. Uh, I had the same uh, issue. Of course, if you want to get more specific, the fear around entrepreneurship was simple. It was failure. Uh, you know, I, everyone else I had around me when I started this journey was going into jobs, and they were getting entry level salaries, thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, you know, you're twenty two, twenty one after graduating university. I had a, a website that made a few hundred dollars a month. None of this looked like it was ever going to potentially be full-time income. So uh, it's hard at that point to not think you're making a mistake. Uh, not to mention uh, my father, he had this sort of instinct, like he felt like he probably should be telling me to get a real job. So every now and then he'd suggest that. Um, he was never too pushy regarding that, but he did mention it, I think, as just fatherhood 101. Um, so there's always that self-doubt, the fear that you'll fail, uh, the, the disbelief, like, okay, this seems so far away and so slow. And I'm, I'm, unfortunately, my default response when I see other people succeed is often to go, oh, you know, what am I doing wrong? As opposed to I, being inspired by what they're doing right, which is something I've worked on over the years to try and, you know, look at and say, okay, well, what are they doing? Let's see, can I follow in their footsteps rather than go, oh, this is not, so not fair. So a lot of it was just, beating out these bad mindset issues, these negative beliefs, these limiting beliefs out of my head, focusing on the day-to-day actions to get things done. Uh, and, and in hindsight, especially after, say, about seven or eight years where I actually reached that six-figure mark a year and, or even more, that $1,000 a day goal that I was after, it's amazing. Like it, it looks like a foregone conclusion in hindsight because you just kept doing something every day. But boy, when I first started, did not believe it took a lot of faith in, in the process and, and a lot of picking yourself up after those, ugh, you know, uh, I, I'm just not getting anywhere. Like I just did a promotion for an affiliate and I made nothing and I spent hours writing the blog post or things like that, that really knock you back. So you, you got to get your mindset right. That's the number one thing that holds everyone back. Get the mindset right and then you can do anything. What is the best business advice you ever received? In terms of practical advice, I've really got two things that made the difference for me. Perfect. One was have an email newsletter, which is advice I heard from every single information marketer I ever studied under. Um, it's, it's 101 information marketing. So early days for me, there was John Reese and Jeff Walker and Frank Kern and Mike Filsame and Ed Dale, um, Eben Pagan, all these information marketers. There was even a few of the really early guys, um, Corey Rudel and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but everyone, list building. It's just what makes money online and offline. You know, your contacts for your offline business are really important too. So uh, I was a year into blogging before I added my email newsletter and it tripled my business once I did get that part right. So huge change. The other piece of advice was actually get my own product out the door, and I received that from um, a few places, but it was really Andrew Grant. He's an information marketer here in Australia, 
and him and his wife do a lot of stuff selling from the stage, for example. And I was having success with my blog. By then, I was certainly one of the leading Australian bloggers in terms of teaching people how to make money from blogs. Uh, myself and, and Darren Rouse were sort of uh, the forefront then. And I didn't have a product yet. I, I knew I was I need one, so I was writing this ebook, but I'd spent like eight months doing it, and I only had finished two thirds of it, and it was going really slow. And then uh, Andrew says to me, "You know what? What's wrong with you? You've got this massive audience, and you don't have your own product. You know, I'm sure you're doing okay with advertising and affiliate income, but really, you're having your own product will make a huge difference." And then he's doing membership sites, and he was having great success with the membership site, in particular about teaching how to make money with niche ebooks. And they had hundreds of members, a great system for selling their product, lots of great feedback. And I was like, you know what? This is crazy. I don't want an ebook. I want a membership site. I want the recurring income. It's as much work as an ebook. I just break the chapters down into modules for a course, add a few interviews, and so on. And I've got the same thing. So I gave myself a goal at that stage. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a membership site. I'm going to make it out the door within three months. I'm going to do a launch because I was learning about the launch process from a few people like Jeff Walker. And this is the absolute deadline it's going to happen. And the great thing about it is I don't have to create the entire course. I just need the first module. I'll, I'll create the course with that first group of paying students. So all I need is the launch materials in the first module and away you go. And I did. And I tripled my income. I, and that's actually what pushed me over to the 15000 uh, a month, so six figures a year mark. Uh, huge change and it's really my courses in the last sort of six or maybe five years have paid for my house, my car, investment property, that trip around the world. Everything came from that newsletter and, and deciding to have my own product. Those were two clear pieces of advice. So thank you for sharing that in such depth. It's really going to be a, a big help to the audience. And we'll move on to the third question, which is what's something that's working for you right now? I still depend on something that works right now and has worked every day since Google was invented, which is search engine traffic. <laughs> I, I know it's a bit of a cliche. We all know it's a massive source of traffic. Uh, it's amazing how doing a few good things with SEO, getting this the basics right, your keywords, your title tags, and so on, and then just sticking to a content schedule. And I was producing. Like for me, I've had weeks where I've just felt bad or I felt I've had periods where my business is just I felt like it's not going anywhere and then I've had periods where it's going great doesn't matter what's going on I always publish to my blog it's the engine that drives the vehicle even if I'm not sure where the vehicle is going as long as it's moving forward and that only happens through content production so the content leads to getting traffic from search engines it builds the audience and it's free and that just takes the time to produce. So for me, being a content publisher has helped me from the search engine optimization perspective, from getting myself uh, framed as a thought leader, getting me relationships with other you know, leaders in my space and, and even beyond. Uh, it always blows my mind that I'm one degree of separation from Oprah Winfrey uh, now because I know someone who knows Oprah. So you know, those are sort of contexts you can have uh, if you build your, your network and that comes from having some sort of platform on the internet and that's all come from having a blog so I guess the answer to the question really is blogging is still working for my business right now it always has and I hope it always will no that's so true I had a great interview with uh, Rand Fishkin of SEO Moz last week and he has so many amazing things to say about SEO and 
everything that is going on with it and the changes that are happening, but it all comes back to content. And he's the first person to tell you that is that unless you're producing great content on your site that's targeted, you're really not building the foundation. So it all starts with that. That's just great advice. So thank you for sharing that as well, that it's working for you. No problem. So I'm not sure how much of a reader you are. You sound pretty busy, but we always like to recommend one business book to our audience of that you've read in the last six months that's really struck a chord with you. If you have to go back further, please feel free. Oh, I, I wish I could find the, hold on, um, oh my, it's, it's digital. But uh, <laughs> I've read a couple of books recently that I've actually really enjoyed. I, I love um, biographies or autobiographies of, in particular, people who've started internet businesses. It's always been something that's interested me. And, and obviously, the, you know, the recent um, Steve Jobs bio was fantastic. I, I, I recommend that, but everyone already knows about it. The book I just recently read was uh, the, from the founder, or the founder or one of the, the head of Zappos. Uh, if I can remember the name of the book, it's by Tony Shea. Um, let me just see if I can find it for you quickly so I can get the title out. It basically explains his entrepreneurial story, and I really like his story. Is it Delivering Happiness? That's it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, Delivering Happiness. I read that, and I also read uh, the story of the uh, another guy who started a couple of advertising networks and he was also on the the secret millionaire and on oprah a few things he's an indian and both these guys uh, their books were fantastic uh, because i'm working on an advertising network they both got their starts in advertising networks so i was interested to hear their early day stories so and i recommend any person who's starting an internet business to read books that are by people who've had success with with startup companies online in particular if you can find books on what you're trying to do right now um you know whoever the biggest players are so if you're in, in retail try and you know find amazon jeff bezos's story um if you're a blogger then you should be picking all the all reading all our blogs to start with obviously but you know find the stories um from the the, the founders in that space uh, seo seo mars so th- there are so many great autobiographies and biographies and there's so many great internet entrepreneurs i've been reading these books since i started um, on the internet like i read how ebay got started how google got started how napster got started and all those things inspired me to to continue to do what i do online and i learned the concepts of leverage those books showed me how these companies got big and from that point forward every time i hear a story or you know hear about anything like current success stories like why is pinterest doing so well um, you know, uh, why did Instagram get bought up for so much money? You can look at them and go, where's, what's the leverage? Why are they getting so big? And there's always something you can see like Pinterest is a, obviously if you use it, it's ridiculously addictive if you're interested in looking at photographs, which a lot of women between the age of 20 and 40 are, but it's got this inbuilt viral nature with the repinning function. That's their leverage. So, um, each user becomes a massive traffic driver to more users to more users. So uh, you could see the point of leverage and it's a simple concept. And I, I love looking at things like that, like the eBay book, which is the eBay story. You, you read that and I learned about the many-to-many business model, which is something that pretty much has framed a lot of my decision-making on what kind of businesses to run. Uh, my current startup with Cranky Ads is very much about coming up with a many-to-many business, which which just means you can have unlimited customers and unlimited suppliers and, and be some sort of middleman in that transaction, which eBay is a perfect example of. And that's, that's true leverage because you've got 
potential unlimited growth on both sides of the equation and the bigger each side gets the more value is for everyone involved and you just take a little slice of everything going on so um, I love that kind of business model because you can really be large without necessarily having to uh, be a huge team uh, you can keep things simple and small and I like simple and small and that's very exciting stuff and thank you for booking up my reading schedule for the next uh, four to six years there <laughs> No problem. <laughs> this last question, Yaro, is it's my favorite question, but it's kind of a tricky one. So I'll let you have a second to kind of digest it before if you want to answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all of the experience and knowledge that you currently have today, but your business had completely disappeared, everything's gone, cranky ads, entrepreneur's journey, so you had a completely clean slate, which a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves with today. What would you do? This is an easy one for me. I never have problems answering this because it, it ties back into my success quote from the beginning. I'd first look at what would make me happy. So is there a subject area or an activity? Obviously, there has to be a way to derive income where we're talking about making money and starting a business. Uh, the great thing, and this is the thing that you can't take away from someone, is their experience and their understanding and they, that things like knowing about leverage and business models, those concepts don't disappear. Sure, you might lose your business and you might lose your list, but you know that by going online and doing things like creating content, like we talked about, builds an audience and you need to have an email newsletter, so put content out there, get them onto your newsletter you know, getting a product out the door quickly is a good way to make money. So very likely I would pick whatever is my most passionate subject at that point in time that I'm willing to create content about, sit down, uh, know that it's going to take me six to 18 months before I will build up enough of an audience to really have a full-time income from it, but I'll be okay with that. If I absolutely have to, I'll get a part-time job to fill the gap between that period of time. If, if, if it's taking away all my assets and I really am starting from scratch, but I will spend as much time as I can creating content, building relationships online, getting in touch with other thought leaders in my area, helping them out so that the day when I do have my product, I can tap them on the shoulder or even just to write a guest article to get some more exposure, build up my following, build up my trust with those people. And then I'm back to where I was. I, I can start launching products in that space, do affiliate marketing. I could choose to do a software company again because I've got an audience. That's the hard part, getting the audience. So um, I know the model for building a, a content business and I know basics enough about SEO to get the traffic. Uh, I, I, I'm quite capable of you know, spending my time making connections and doing the research to find the right people. And most importantly, I am quite able to go to a, a cafe once a day and spend a couple hours writing one to 2,000 words to publish something every day. And that's a habit that's enjoyable to maintain and that's how I how I've, you know, build the foundation of a business. So um, it would actually be fun. I've thought about doing that myself sometimes. You know what? I just want to sell everything I've got right now and jump into a completely different <laughs> industry, a different niche, and, and have the pressure to build it from scratch. Because when you've got your blog, you sort of you know, rest on your laurels a bit. You don't have to worry. It's there. It's, it's still working. It's getting search traffic from the past. So um, it would be nice to maybe feel that pressure and, and see what it produces. Thank you for being so specific with that advice. It's and thank you for joining us today, Yaro, because you've given us so much actionable advice that we as the listeners can, can really take and move forward with, and we're all better for it. Just to finish the interview off, do you have any last piece of advice for Fire Nation? And then go ahead and give us a plug for what's going on for you right now. 
Sure. Uh, most important advice that I've found myself giving to people, especially people who are really treading water and not moving forward, is make sure you're a producer and not just a consumer. Uh, the internet is mostly consumers. Uh, there are a lot of producers. Obviously, there's tons of content being created. You know, more than you can ever hope to study in your lifetime is produced in one minute on the internet. But still, the people who actually succeed are the producers. So that's the number one rule. If, if you're not creating, if you're only consuming other people's creations, it's very difficult to build something out of that because you're not giving any value back. So spend some time consuming, but make sure you give back as well. And to find out uh, what I do now, and, and it, the best place to go is my blog, and the best way to remember that is my name, which is Yaro, Y-A-R-O. I'm going for the, the one name sort of Madonna, Oprah thing, trying to get you know that kind of brand built. And it's way easier than spelling entrepreneur's journey. So if you just Google Yaro, Y-A-R-O, you'll find everything that I do. Awesome, Yaro. Thanks again. Appreciate your time. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, my one call to action for you today is this. Go to eofire.com and join our email community. Besides the awesome WordPress videos and opportunity for $50 cash every week, I include some goodies in our once a week emails. Also, don't forget to check out ignitemastermind.com if you are truly ready to take the next step and join an elite mastermind community. $200 cash giveaways every week, forums, incredible resources, we have it all. And it's made up of inspired entrepreneurs just like you. Fire Nation, until next time, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.